Marky Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. <laughs> We're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. No, whatever it is. Hey, welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode 61. Um, all the way from Sydney, joined with a special guest here today. We've got... Chow Tan Cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, that's very perfect. First time we've ever done that intro. So, <laughs> I, I um, yeah, I appreciate just being able to nail it from the, from the get-go. <laughs> Well done, you're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone that listens to this show knows that, like, I don't mind um, leaving in things that I don't get right the first time, like editing and that sort of stuff. I prefer to have, like, more of a natural feel. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's a bit like how I do comedy as well. Like, if I, I, I notice a lot of comedians t- um, tend to have like well rehearsed, like um, organized sets, like with specific callbacks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas my style of comedy tends to be a little bit more off the cuff. Yeah. Um, what I about yourself? <laughs> I would say I'm more uh, scripted than that. Yeah. But I think that's something I'd, I want to learn a little bit more to be a bit more impromptu. And, uh, yeah, to be able to improvise. I think that's a very good skill to have if you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, what, what about, like, crowd work and that sort of stuff? Do you ever sort of have any any experience with crowd work where you're tr- trying to, like, introduce it to a bit or anything like that? I'd ask questions as, as part of my act just to a segue to the joke. Yep. Um, but I don't do as much crowd work as I'd like to. And I think it's, I think it's just, I want to get straight to the joke and make people laugh as quick as possible. Yeah. Efficient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, most of the time you have such a short time on stage. Mm. Like, especially, I find I get even more nervous when I only have like a five minute spot to do. So it's like, oh, I've got such a short time to prove myself. <laughs> so I better, I better, you know, you know, hit hard. As soon as possible, so... Yeah, yeah, you're sort of looking at, like, the laugh time ratio sort of thing. Yeah, you you want to make a good impression as soon as possible. That's probably why I I would be very anxious when it comes to speed dating. (laughs) So I try and avoid that. Oh, well, that's why, like, I'm the opposite, right? So, like, I'm, um, I'm not good at like the long game, right? Like, so like when you're saying about dating, I'm not good at matching with someone on Tinder and then talking to them and like developing like a point where we meet up. I'm I'm more so the guy that like, I'll go on a speed date, set a good impression and then they'll be like, oh, that guy was actually really good. Whereas on Tinder, I'm the dude that they just scroll past like, yeah, look, there's enough white guys with beards here. Like I don't need another one sort of thing. You feel like they don't give you a chance? <laughs> yeah, saying? I feel like I get more... <laughs> I'm. I. I think. I think that I'm better at making an impression in person than like via message. All right. Okay. Um, no, I feel like yeah. I make a lot of bad first impressions from the get go. Yeah. And it takes a while to get to know me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good yeah. though. Like I. I think that um that's more likely to harbor like a longer lasting friendship or relationship or whatever, you know. Um, potential relationship that then becomes a friendship because you know the old friend zone um (laughs) (laughs) 
but um yeah no I, um i i know i know what it's like when you're saying about five minute spots you got to kind of prove yourself i remember when mm-hmm. i first started so this is my fifth year um how long you've yeah. been doing comedy for uh, I started in 2014, yep. so what's that, eight, eight years now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, mentioned off mic that I'm terrible at math, so, like, any <laughs> like any guess is as good as mine. Um, but yeah, I, I, know, no. I know when I first yeah. started, when I first started, it was like that five minutes was so daunting, and then before you know it, you're starting to, like because I do a lot more improv, like sort of off the cuff stuff, I'd sort of go more into the whole, like, oh, wow, I'm hitting like four and a half and I haven't even said, you know, half my set yet, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's good. If yeah. you, you feel like you're dragging it on at the beginning. It take, takes a while to, before you get to the jokes or <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but also like you kind of, I, I guess, like, when I do it, I'm like, I don't want to do it if it's not going to be funny. So, like, if I if I do, like, some crowd work but it's not going anywhere, I don't say any potential or whatever, then I can just fall back onto the material. But, like, yeah. if I just happen to have, like, a moment where I'm, like, you know, um, someone yells something out or something and, and I'm like, oh, that's a good, like, chance for me to do some crowd work, I'll do that and then I'll, like, if it doesn't go anywhere, I'll just be like, well, I've got this material here ready so I, I can just jump into that. Yeah, no, that's good um, that you do that. It's like, I mean, for me, I feel like um, I, I rely on my jokes too much you know, it becomes a crutch. Like, I, I feel like it's nice to be able to interact more with the audience mm. and get to know them and and be able to just use the jokes whenever I feel I need to. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it, it's also a nice way just to interact with the audience. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I guess it's there, – there's different times for, you know, different things. Like, for example, if I'm doing – um, like you, we, we mentioned um, when we initially spoke about a different venue in town, uh, Smiths, you mentioned that you did a gig there before. Yeah, alternative. yeah. I find the Smiths crowd, like I tend to do more interaction with them because normally they run an open mic there on like a Sunday night. So people are a bit more relaxed and sort of um, willing to to have more interactions. But if I guess it's more of like a... Um, planned ticketed non-open mic gig then obviously mm. people are waiting for um it's like some more material or whatever whatever yeah so, well I, I mean i've performed there a couple times at smith yeah i find it it's, it's quite laid back the crowd yeah so yeah um what what's the basement like is it similar or is it more I've noticed it's um, more musical stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the basement's um, predominantly music, um, and it's only recently started with. Well, when I say recently, the basement's been a thing for like, like, fifteen years or something. It's been a music venue. So oh. in the in the timeline of the basement, it's only really been doing comedy for the past. I've been doing open mics there since twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, so it's not that long in the grand scheme of things that it's been doing comedy, but the music crowd that it initially attracted now more of a comedy crowd as well. Um, okay. They're all really good, like really receptive, um, supportive of new – like when I do an open mic and new people come along, they're like really um, welcoming and, and kind. 
um, mm. and also professionals like like yourself uh, been doing it for for years. Um, they're really uh, they're a really good crowd. Yeah, um, and I think that comes from because it's like a music venue. Um, they're not they're not really um, they're not really in the mindset of like you know, not enjoying a performance, like with, with music, right? Like even if someone like fucks up a chord or they like do something wrong, they like drop a note or whatever, the crowd's going to be like into that. They're going to be like, oh, that's all right. You did you good. I liked the song, you know. So they oh, bring that energy. They're very friendly. Yeah, yeah, they bring that energy to the um to the comedy. Like if like I've, I've seen open micers, they'll get along and they'll be like, oh, man, I forgot that joke or whatever, and they'll get like an applause for that. They'll like get an applause for admitting that they fucked up it just yeah. makes it makes people excited to like especially an open mic right like because that's what an open mic's for but i've seen ticketed gigs where people will be like oh man i forgot the callback or something like that and they'll just yeah. as long as they say what they did like the crowd usually gets behind it so okay so if you admit your mistakes they're, they're happy with that yeah they like honesty <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, that's good to know. Thanks for the tip. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking about doing Smiths as well, but you haven't just um, done like um, a, the Cam- Canberra circuit. What else um, have you got on the repertoire? I've seen uh, some some pretty big venues and gigs in your uh, um, in your list. Uh, well, a while back, I uh, I did a short and sweet comedy. Yep. Act. That was for oh, back in 2016 or something like that. And mm-hmm. then uh, I I took a show to Edinburgh Festival mm-hmm. a while back. So I did a bit of travelling overseas and I managed to, um, yeah, get some gigs in other countries as well. So, yeah. Awesome. I, I a, yeah, I had a chance to, yeah, see what the comedy scene is like in Europe and uh, the UK. So, yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty fun <laughs> journey. That's awesome. So we're we're chatting. I think so. For people that don't know, um, initially we had a conversation about doing a gig at, at the basement, and we had like about an hour chat about all the different gigs that you've done in the past. And you're saying um, in that conversation about the the atmosphere and the vibe at Edinburgh. Um, yeah. Can you tell us more about like what that was like to have all the like all the performers in one area? Oh, it it was a slog. It was really tough, Edinburgh. <laughs> I didn't realize how tough it was, and until I went there, and I realized, you know, I I thought I had an hour worth of material. Yep. And after doing the show and doing it twenty five times, I realized I may have about twenty minutes. <laughs> so it was a really really big learning experience for me. But um, no, I I, I really enjoyed it. So. I do see myself wanting to go back um, with a new show and, and proving myself, and hopefully this time I do have an hour worth of material. So, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. That's if I can fly over there. It's just it's been tricky with everything that's going on. Yeah. Here. But you know, at Edinburgh, um, a challenge. I mean, uh, I was told that that year that I went and did it, it was two thousand eighteen, and across the board uh, there was thousands of shows. And I think the average audience numbers were about four. Yeah, right. Yeah, four people is, is, is the average. And so I had a couple of sold-out shows, 
and it just it was up and down, up and down yeah, constantly. Yeah. So, and but I did manage to the least the smallest number I got was four. So I I managed to stay above be just above average, <laughs> but still still it was. Uh, I, I don't think I even broke even if you counted like the airfare tickets yeah. and you know, the cost of registration and all that. Yeah. So, it's you go for the learning experience more than yeah. anything, and I did get a lot out of it, so I'm, I'm glad I went. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's kind of hard to like, even with like local um, gigs, it's hard to um, get to the point where you actually make money. I think breaking even is usually the goal early on. Um, yeah, but I think that all in all, um, most most um gigs are more for me i found i get more out of the networking and talking to other comedians and sort of like the 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 atmosphere of the gig than i do out of you know any financial gain from it yeah that's true i mean i I went for that reason as well and just to be familiar with the area Mm. and to know what rooms are are really the good rooms to get into next time Mm. and yeah and just to meet new people and like even when I was traveling, I was meeting a lot of um, room runners from overseas. So I'm thinking down the track, maybe you know if things go well with Edinburgh, I could just go and you know do a show in Berlin or Prague or something like that. And, yeah, that yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah. yeah, that sounds really cool. So what's the uh, what's the overseas crowd like? Do you find that there's certain jokes that like you maybe need to pull from your set or rearrange because they might be like references to like like Aussie stuff? Um, I was surprised at some jokes that were more, you know, that Australians would be more familiar with still worked over there. And I was quite surprised that when I, I worked hard in trying to know the culture and know the people and, you know, things like that. There was actually not many people from Edinburgh, mm. the locals going to watch it. If anything, they're avoiding the festival yeah. and it was mainly international people that would be going to watch it. So it's kind yeah. of like doing a, a show in Bondi where you have a lot of uh, tourist people coming to watch mm. you than locals. Um, yeah. No, that, that that makes sense to me. It reminds me of like when I lived – I used to live down the south coast of New South Wales mm. and um, all the locals over the Christmas holiday period just basically like – it's like being in isolation before isolation was a thing. Like they would just lock up in their house and wait for all the tourists to go away before they'd come back out again. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happens in Edinburgh. I think they're, they're, thick of, they're sick of just uh, all the comedians coming and, and flyering and trying to get their attention and things like that. So they're, uh, if anything, they're probably avoiding us and waiting for us to leave so they can get their, their home back again, their, <laughs> their community back, yeah. Mind you, like just like when I was living down the coast, a lot of um, a lot of the revenue for the area comes from the tourists. So, like, I think that the locals tend to understand that, like, as much as we don't get out in it, um, that's what helps the yeah. economy. Sure. So, sure. and and the last couple of years of having no real travel or tourists has probably shown how important it is that you know you mm. get visitors. Yeah, that's true. They'll probably be eager to have us back, actually. Yeah, they'll help fly so anything, <laughs> Yeah, they'll probably be coming to the show. And, yeah, I, I should I should do the jokes that um, 
that didn't work last time on them, <laughs> they'll probably be there. <laughs> yeah, you get a new fresh experience. It's like mm -hmm. when, sometimes when I have like I have a couple of jokes that I'm like happy with, like I, I've sort of got them to the point where um, I don't think I can improve them much more, you know, like, you know, when you're working on a bit and you're like, oh, I want to change that or I got to move this around and that sort of thing. I've got mm. a few that I like can't really think of anything that I want to do to change it. Yeah. And once I get them to that point, I tend to just like stop doing them and not bring them back unless I need to. Like I'll sort of put them in the bank for if I do like a bigger show down the track, okay. like I'll rest it for a little while. And uh, that means you don't use any, you don't use jokes as a crutch then. Like if you're, you, you've got a good joke and then you just put it aside, you don't, you don't take it out. Um, I'll pull it out if like shit starts going downhill. Like if I yeah. start a new bit and it starts, it starts bombing, I'll be like, all right, time to pull out the old fateful. But, um, yeah. but or if I, if I like, score, like, a bigger gig, like, say, for example, someone wants me to open for them, I'll make up five minutes of all the jokes that I know work. But for the most part, when I'm doing open mics and stuff, I won't tend to do material that I'm happy with. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I guess that means you must have a lot of material then. Um, if you're always trying, you're always making new stuff up. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I've got I've got quite a bit of material, but um, I haven't put it all together. It's like you were saying, you know, I think I've got a certain amount of material, but then if I put it all together, I'll probably find that I don't have as much as I thought. Um, but like I I I, th I think at this point, five years in, I've mm. got I've probably got forty five to an hour of of okay. stuff I'm happy with. But yeah. I've never put it all together. So that's why I'd like to sort of I'm getting to the point now, five years in, that I'm I'm getting shows that I that are running long enough. Like I'm kinda of doing a couple of like twenty minute spots and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So I can finally do like longer sets. Yeah. And it's only the last like couple of years that I've been able to do more than five minutes, you know? Like it's hard to being able to do your first 15, you're like, wow, I did, like I have to join three five-minute sets together to make this much time, you know? Yeah. So do you feel like you're almost ready for a, a solid, you know, solo hour? I'd like to um, – I'm planning at the moment to um, put together an hour by the end of this year. Okay. Yeah. So right. um, I, I'd like to sort of do an hour show um, maybe like November or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um and that'd be, yeah, That I think that's enough time to put it together. I've done a couple of, um, I I tend to do like regular 10 to 15 minute spots now. Um, yeah. And I've done quite a few more um, like 15 to 20 minute spots than I, in, I've done more in the last year than I did in the previous four years. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it's just taken that next step, but stage time's so difficult in Canberra. Like you only really have open mics or like hours. There's no, like, there's not much in between. Right. What, so you're running an open mic and is it Smith that's running an open mic there as well? Yeah. So there's Smith. So there's a few. There's, there's Smith. Sorry. Is it monthly? Yeah, so I run an op open mic monthly. I run the ticketed gig, which you're on um, monthly as well. So twice a month I do comedy at the basement. 
Um, and then there's also Smith's alternative is once a month at least. Sometimes they do it um, twice a month depending on the schedule. But it's definitely like they've got a placeholder once a month. Sometimes they'll put on a second one if there's enough interest. Um, and there's the front, which is in Lineham. It's another um, open mic. It's one of the older running open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah, there's the front. There's um, there's one in Queanbeyan, which is like just south of Canberra. Um, okay. Uh, so th- there's probably about there's about one a week, or like when you put them all that's together. Not that's not too bad. But yeah, and like how many people are on per night? Uh, well, usually, I, I know on the open mic I run, I cap it at fourteen. Okay. Um, and it's usually about the same for all the others as well. Fourteen, okay. But there's that's normally not- more than that, but they cap it yeah. so that it doesn't run too late. Oh, okay. I think in Sydney, I mean, a while back when I was um, emceeing one of the uh, open mics, Mug and Kettle, I don't think they're on anymore. Yeah, Dan Muggleton used to run that. He's been on the show before, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I don't think they they go anymore, but it was like 50 in one night. So, you know, starting at 7 and it would finish at 12 o'clock or something. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it was far too long. Yeah, well... um, we're yeah. recording this on the Sunday after the um, comedy festival. I was on that last night, and I was talking to you off mic, off um, off the show um, about the uh, like the gala, and mm-hmm. yeah, it ran until about one o'clock last night. Really? Yeah, because they didn't kick it off until after the last show, so it didn't start till ten thirty. Oh wow, that's heaps late. Yeah. I mean. People would have been falling asleep by midnight. No, nah, people. Anyone that was going to fall asleep left in the break, and all that was left oh, at right. the end was like drunk, happy people. All oh, right. Okay. Well, that's good. Then, yeah, they still had a good crowd then. Yeah, there was a couple of good yeah. little drop-ins as well. Like they had, um, um, they. I, it wasn't announced on the lineup, I don't think, but they had a drop-in from Stephen K. Amos. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so he came in and did a really good set. Did five, uh, probably over five minutes, but it was so like it was so exciting to see. Um, and it wasn't just material; he dealt with a heckler as well, and it was phenomenal. All oh, right, okay, that's great. Yeah, he was he was really good. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a really good night. I was lucky enough to to see so many really cool comedians in one one short time that's why i stayed there until the end because i just you know didn't want to it was like one of those things where i didn't want to leave but like it was getting late but i didn't care you know so with the um gala was it just all aussie acts except Stephen? uh inter yeah interstate and and local yeah yeah but they had the um that they had basically anyone that had a show in the comedy festival was was there, so oh, okay. they had um it was a really good variety of all the different acts that mm. were there yeah okay and okay. um yeah they they had like some couple of different they had a musical act as well I seen um the Stevenson experience okay yeah um uh but yeah what what's the yeah, um, local, right the Stevenson experience. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. I don't think so, though. I think oh, okay. I think they're Melbourne, maybe. I can't remember. Okay. Um, there was quite a few Melbourne acts there. Luke Haggie was there from Sydney. Um, oh, yeah. Nick funny. Cody was there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah some really cool, 
cool names on the lineup. Mm. Um, yeah, I got one of Luke Hagee's um, tradie pencils, his merch. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> giving out merch because like merch, tradie right? merch. <laughs> um, I, I did some work with the festival. I was just bartending at one of the theatres there. Okay. And um, and it was funny to see the different crowds. Like you see, like one one crowd coming in for like um, the the local acts. Like the um, there's a there's some of some of the gigs they have three Canberra comedians making up an hour, so twenty minute sets each. Okay. Um, and their crowd would be like you know people that know them, their parents, like all their friends, all that sort of stuff. And then after that, they leave. Luke Heggie does a show then like a couple nights later and I'm on the bar and I just see like all these like tradies coming in. They've had like drinks before they got there. They're yeah, like... That's just like his crowd. <laughs> <laughs> he know. knows his target market. That's good. He's <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about stocking up the wine. Just make sure there's plenty of beer. Um, but what you're saying about different rooms, like you're talking about the, the mug and cattle, um, what what other rooms it, um, sort of come to mind when you think of the Sydney comedy scene? Oh, to be honest, I haven't I haven't been out in the doing as many open mics as I used to. I think when I started early on, like the first two years, I was just going out and doing a lot of gigs. Yep, and. Then I think when I went to Edinburgh and I, I kind of hit the plateau and I'm like, I, I only did a few rooms that, you know, I, I was invited to. Mm. So I, I feel like I don't, I'm not too familiar with the open mic scene in Sydney as I used to be. And so even now, if I was to go out and ask an, um, a room runner in Sydney if I can get a gig, I, I think some of them don't, don't even written, like they're all a lot of new uh, room runners. Yeah, yeah. So they'll be like, um, do you have a video? How long have you been doing comedy for? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, to be honest, I was so surprised when I messaged you and asked if I could do a spot and <laughs> straight away without a video, without a bio, without any information, like, yes, do it. I'm thinking, oh, wow, you guys must really want entertainment in camera. <laughs> <laughs> now, the but, difference uh, is, unlike some room runners, I actually did the legwork. So instead of right. being the room runner that makes you do all the work, I'm like, yeah. well, I appreciate that you reached out, but in the meantime, I looked you up online, seen your videos myself, <laughs> instead of making you oh, send right. them to me. The difference oh, is, okay. if you send it to me, oh, you get to you. choose I'm... what I see. Whereas oh, if I look good. it up, I get to go through, go through the other stuff. So, oh, yeah, I, no, I... I appreciate that. Because there's been times when they've asked me to send them a video, I'll send them a video, and I still don't get a reply, so... Mm. Yeah, it's um that happens like, for me in Sydney. I recently applied for look, I only applied for it this week, but I put in an application for a spot in Sydney and I had to send mm -hmm. a video. Um yeah. I haven't heard back, but I don't expect to hear back like straight mm -hmm. away, if at all. Yeah. Um the thing is like a lot of people um want videos, but it's so mm -hmm. hard for me to depict my act in a video it's like you're saying before i've got five minutes to wow you like in in today's society where everybody wants to see tiktok videos that go for less than a minute or like yeah. it's so hard to like capture someone's attention for long enough to watch a five minute set i i listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and mm -hmm. um one of the 
trending subjects that comes up, comes up across multiple platforms is a lot of comedians, even like at like the top tier level, like Netflix level, mm. they're like, I put an hour of content out and people don't want to sit down for an hour and watch the whole thing. This is like, yeah. it's so hard to like, that's why I think live gigs are good because you're kind of already there. Like you're watching it. You can't just like hit pause, you know, yeah. like I think that's why I like going out to shows and, and watching them um, because mm. we're spoiled for content. There's so much online for you to just, you know, people get bored of something, they just go on to the next video and, you know, something you might work so hard to get can just be someone's like, yeah, I watched it for 10 seconds. It didn't captivate me in 10 seconds, so I kept watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, so, people's attention span is so short these days. Yeah. And you, just, you don't know what people like. It's, it's hard to tell whether a joke is going to work or not and what makes one person laugh may not make another person laugh. So even if you show them a video, eh, it's, it's, it's not really going to be enough proof mm. of your credibility. So. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to like, like as a room runner myself, I try to be subjective as well. Like um, when I book acts, I tend to find... Um, I tend to find different types of comedy that cover like a broader range, you know, yeah. um, when, when I, um, book like a headliner, I'll choose like a, a support that may complement or may be different. You know, it's, um, I try not to have all the same like style of yeah. comedy the entire night, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah. yeah but variety and yeah, it's good. Normally I have mixed bills, but it's good to have a solo show. I'm looking forward to the, the upcoming gig and being able to um, sort of have enough stage time to really get into an act. Normally uh, the headliner will do half an hour. And I've had, like, for example, last month I had Kai Fay, Canberra comedian. He did half an hour. Mm. But he's doing a solo tour now. So that was like he did that show and now he's doing a solo tour. Wow. Um, and he was saying that because he's so ready to do his solo tour, he could have done more. Like he got to like, yeah. I think he did like 35 minutes and he was like, yeah. I wanted to like keep going, you know? Yeah. So it's that middle ground of like doing an hour, doing half an hour. You just, sometimes you want to just keep going. Well, that's good. I mean, he must've done well to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Mm -hmm. He did really well. He's, um, I think he's just keen to be able to do an hour like so he had a show booked for melbourne comedy festival and mm. it got cancelled um and then he didn't get to do the festival so he had an hour show that he didn't get to do oh that's a shame um what? so i guess he's just keen to like be able to finally do the do the yeah. show you know mm. I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and um and um, one of the comedians was just like, I just want to record my hour so I can work on new stuff. He's like, because I've been doing the same hour for like two years. I'm sick of my own material. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty common for a lot of comedians. Yeah, you're so over your own jokes that you're quite quite surprised when you, it gets laughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when you see a comedian get surprised 
at their at people laughing. Like you, yeah. you, sometimes I'll do an open mic. Someone will do like I had this one joke that I just thought of as I was driving to the gig, and there was yeah. like a short bit, gap, like a break between after after I finished one joke, and I was just like, I'll just throw that bit out now because it was just a couple of lines, and yeah. um, it got like a bigger laugh than the joke I just did, which I like thought out and planned, mm. and I was just it's- like. I was just like, Jesus Christ, I didn't think you guys would like that. And then that got like another yeah. laugh because I was just surprised. Yeah, I get surprised when I say a couple words and I haven't even gotten to the punchline yet <laughs> and they're already laughing and then it's like a, you're just waiting for a moment to continue. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're great moments too, mm. um, especially when you've prepared to do like 10 minutes and then you only end up doing about five minutes of your actual material and the rest was just <laughs> the audience laughing so it's like oh what a relief mm. yeah that's a nice that's really that's when you know you've you've done a good gig when um when you end up finishing your entire set <laughs> so yeah yeah i've done um so i did smiths a couple months ago and one of the new guys in town he did class clowns he's like young um, young comedian. He's just turned eighteen. His um, name's mm-hmm. Ethan Kirk. He actually last night the guy that run one of the guys that runs the festival gave him a five minute spot on the gala. Yeah. Oh wow. He was just like, you can get up, like go go ahead. And yeah. um, the MC did a really good job of introducing him. Tom Gibson's a Canberra comedian. He MC'd it, and he was just like, this is this guy's. F- um, this guy's new to comedy. He just turned eighteen. He did class clowns. You know, he was told to do this set 15 minutes ago and he's ready. You know, he they gave him a really warm welcome. And yeah. he goes up there and he did his material and did really good. Like, the crowd was so excited to see him, you know, on stage and, like, with all these, like, big comedians. Oh, nice. Um, That's really nice that they gave him that opportunity. Yeah, it was really cool. So he emceed Smith's, I think, a couple months ago or a month, month ago. And yeah. because there wasn't many people on the lineup. Mm. Um, he said that we could do, like me and another guy that have been doing comedy for around the same amount of time, he said, you guys can do longer sets if you want to go yeah. at the end and do longer. Yeah. So I did uh, like, um, he said, you can do 10. And I got to 10 minutes. Um, I sort of thought, oh, it's about 10 minutes. I looked over and I said, um, how are we going for time? And he was like, keep going. Because the set was going like, well, so yeah, I did yeah. like another five and I was like, man, I just did 15. It just felt so good to like not just do 15, but go up to do five, but it turned into 15 because they wanted to like the, the MC was like, keep going and the crowd yeah. wanted to hear more. You know what I mean? That's good. That's yeah. That's a sign that you're doing really well. Yep. And it seems like you're still, um, you're still so excited about comedy because usually people do this first year for two years they're kind of over it or they become bitter <laughs> but it sounds like you know, you're, you're still craving for it so it's still yes yeah you have a very fresh perspective on comedy the spark's still in my comedy yeah marriage. yeah yeah exactly i haven't haven't had to you know revamp it oh don't get me wrong i'm still bitter but i just <laughs> you're not showing it then. <laughs> i just choose you know you're hiding it well <laughs> yeah. no i'm um I, I guess i'm lucky that i'm that i run a room um because it gives me um 
it it gets me submerged in the scene because I I'm interacting with comedians. You know, I'm booking spots. I'm keeping an eye out for um, people to like be on the ticketed gigs and that sort of thing. So it it sort of keeps it fresh because I'm so I have to be so involved in everything. Well, you're playing a lot of roles in that yeah. sense. So you're juggling a lot. Do you like that? Um, yeah, I do. I like. I'm lucky that my work's fairly flexible um, and accommodating for that because um, if I was if I had a really demanding line of work or whatever, it'd be hard. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I work in IT, um, and currently, um, since the end of last year. I haven't worked. I haven't worked in IT. So, like, I've literally just been like I normally work in IT, and I'm I'm qualified in IT, and I can go back to IT. Um, mm-hmm. But I finished up a, a job in December and haven't yes. haven't picked up anything else. And I I work at I work at the basement as well as run the room there. So okay. because it's all night work, I can sort of spend my days booking and organizing things, um, editing. <laughs> Um, footage and like all that sort of stuff content Um, and then I'll just do and I don't even do that many shifts there it's just I basically just do enough to to that that I can do Um, and then that that keeps me going until the next IT job comes up and top up the Mm -hmm. the savings and then go back into it again yeah so I'm lucky that like I'm in a in a line of work that I can take time off and just work at the bar and focus on other things for a little bit and then go back in yeah but do you find it quite consuming like because i mean i know people who organize rooms and it's a lot of work so and it to the point where it makes it difficult for them to focus on their own material so yeah yeah Yeah, i think i think um i flipped the script um you're interviewing me now um so we'll (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, that's good though. Um, no, I, I enjoy it. Like I said before, I um, I like to I like to talk as much as I can. So if you give me opportunity to, to chat on my own show, then uh, that's a, well. Anyway, we're going to make this about you, but I don't mind stepping in and talking about myself. Um, <laughs> no, so um, as long as you have something interesting to say, it doesn't matter who's talking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I, I I guess I'm not really proving to be that inter- interesting talking about talking about myself. It's like, a, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's like I feel like it's an open mic. I got five minutes to prove myself. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, no, so I I like booking the room i like um i actually enjoy doing the the work i'm very like process orientated so i like to you know um i like to tick stuff i like to complete tasks and 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 knock them off the list you know Mm -hmm. like i I get satisfaction out of accomplishing things um so whenever i have to do something i make it a note and then i like it, that's what motivates me to like continue to do it. So I actually enjoy doing like completing tasks and that's what sort of keeps me doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it is quite consuming, but I think because I have that flexibility to actually focus on running the room and booking acts and 
that sort of stuff it it keeps it fresh plus I, I enjoy comedy and also because my style of comedy isn't so thought out and planned and like scripted um, it doesn't impact it as much because I don't have to rehearse it as much and like practice. You don't have to prepare as much. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. I had like a really like theatrical um, style performance where everything needed to like mesh together, or otherwise it wouldn't work, then or it had to be like really rehearsed, then I think it would impact more. Not to uh, not to say that I wouldn't be able to benefit from putting more time into practicing. I feel like my sets that I have more time to practice or um, to rehearse or to write or to reword, um, they are still my better sets. But if I don't have that time, it's not like the set's completely ruined. It's just that, like, if I have more time, it is better, though. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a balance, I guess. Mm. Um, did you have any more questions for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm asking a lot of questions because, uh, like, my background, I, I did a bit of podcasting um, before as well. So I I think I was always more comfortable asking the questions rather than answering. <laughs> so that's probably why I'm flipping things around. That's good though. What, tell us about you around podcasting. What, what have you done? Oh, in the it was podcast? a while ago. Um, it, I was co-hosting a podcast called um, Women in Com Comedy. Yep. And we interviewed a lot of female comedians mm -hmm. from Sydney. So yeah, we just asked them questions about comedy, but also just random life questions too. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what sort of... Um, do you have any like me like funny memories from from that or like interesting guests or anything that you that have come to mind? Oh, I don't really remember any real funny moments, but no, it was just just talking about the challenges of you know doing comedy and being a female and yeah, um, just random stuff really. So yeah, nothing really funny. It was just 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 talking yeah, yeah. That, that's good though I, I think that the podcast is a good platform to you know it it seems like um a good platform to just be able to like have open conversations and and chats without needing to go through like like i've done radio before mm. and i did radio for a couple of years and i find that the there's a bit of restriction on the conversation because there's certain topics that you aren't allowed to talk about on air yeah um there's certain things that they're like oh you know you can't talk about alcohol you can't talk about drugs you can't talk about you know you can't swear any of that sort of stuff so it was like what well, who made those rules was it is that just a policy with certain podcast or no no uh for radio sorry not podcast. Oh, radio sorry okay. yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah 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 all right um, sorry yeah Oh, not this podcast for sure. You probably already <laughs> realised. You, you were just getting data together so you could tell me like, well, you better go back to like 21 minutes when you sw when you swore and take that out sort of thing. <laughs> um, that's your podcasting background. You're like, make a mental note of the bits you need to edit as you're recording <laughs> it. Um, but on, on the subject of uh, your previous um, show, have you had any um, issues um being a comedian, um, like be, being a female comedian in the scene, has there been any any trouble? Uh, I haven't had any real dramas. I mean, I think everyone has been pretty nice to me. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I've I've travelled a lot with other comedians. I, I remember a while back doing a road trip with just me and I think it was four other male comics, and mm. they were all lovely to me. So yeah, yeah, no no dramas, no no real problems. I I don't get harassed or anything. So yeah. I've been lucky. I'm not to say it doesn't happen to other female comics. Yeah, but yeah, I've been I've been very fortunate. So all the male comics that I've interacted with have been just lovely to me but yeah. um yeah so i've been i've been lucky yeah excellent that's that's good to hear that like um you know some positive stories from 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 traveling as well i know that like not just with um with the local scene but i've done a, a couple of like interstate gigs and i know that traveling definitely adds an extra layer of like um you know short fuses on the road like sometimes i know a lot with bands when they travel um it tends to like the tensions might be higher because they're you know less sleep like you know they sometimes sleep yeah. in the car they don't get oh, to like go to hotels yeah. and that sort of thing oh look that being said yeah i mean because i was the only female comic I got a room to myself <laughs> and the boys had to share a room. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember a while back, one of the comic was complaining, I got to get to her own room. It's not fair. But other than that, was about the, the only tension that happened. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I can understand the guys got a bit frustrated, but I, I felt really lucky. I, it was nice having my own space. So they yeah, were, that was really nice to be able to give that to me. No, I, I really appreciate it. So, <laughs> sh so shout out to the guys. It was um, well, the show we did was um, to raise money for uh, Soldier On. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, all the guys that were on that lineup was really, really, really great. So, a uh, shout out to Rob Andrews for organising that <laughs> and letting me have my own room. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, it's one of those things where it's like um we're ta talking about um the cost of uh of, of touring and, and and trying to keep up with accommodation and travel and all that sort of stuff so either way you look at it it's always going to be difficult because you know accommodation and travel um are like a very large portion of the expenses not to yeah. mention like you said about fees for like venues and 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 things like that as well mm. so um it's good, to, I guess, to be able to go in a group and share some of those expenses a little bit and share yeah. the travelling. Uh, I guess that's why split bills are so, yeah, so um, popular. Yeah. That's what you should consider doing, actually. You said you had an hour, yeah, almost an hour, so maybe with the Sydney Fringe Festival, that's an option for you. Yeah, well, as well as Adelaide as well. Like, I, mm. I, I like the look of the Adelaide Fringe festival yeah. as well like yeah there's plenty of options and um yeah i'm keen to sort of get into that i'm sort of at that point now where i want to start branching out a little bit more i did a gig in sydney a couple of weeks ago um just a like a one night fly like go up real quick come back i went up with um a fellow comedian of mine and um did uh the room at uh the the laugh mob had um Wonderland. Wonder, wonder, is it Wonderland? Yeah. Okay. I think it was called Wonder Bar when I performed there a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Kings Cross. Yeah. Kings yeah. Cross. Yeah. In the Cross. How
Um, it was good. Yeah, that was really good. And I met like a couple of the other comedians that were on the bill as well, which is always good to network. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really good room. Um, and it was cool to just, you know, be able to do a, a gig um, outside of Canberra to mix it up a little mm-hmm. bit. I always love Canberra. I like Canberra gigs. So, um, that's where... Um, you know, where I'm comfortable, but I also like pushing the boundaries a little bit and try something a bit out of my comfort zone, which is why I'm keen yeah. to do more Sydney gigs and branch out. Do you find that there's a difference in terms of the audience? Um, like, are they a bit more rowdy in Sydney or no. a bit more Because, uh, uh, like, the, I, I feel like the basement can probably be one of the rowdiest rooms if you let it. Oh. Um, but that's for open mics. I think that I, I tend to find the ticketed gigs tend not to be as rowdy because you know, they're ticketed. People are paying to see comedy. They know what they're getting. Whereas the Mm. open mics are free entry. So like people rock up that are just there to have a drink and they watch some comedy. And sometimes they have, you know, a few, like a few, um, few people that are like loud in the audience or whatever and i love that though i loved it i did crowd work when i was up in wonderland and i like did crowd work with the front row um and i actually got a good video i'm gonna put that up i've got like a good crowd work video from that and i find you're saying about what i think of the crowds look i find that they're not the crowd that was there wasn't as rowdy yeah. But they were definitely more receptive to an interstate comedian um, at first because I was sort of like, you know, they they brought me up saying that I was from Canberra. So, like, they were kind of, it was like interesting, you know, like yeah. someone that I hadn't seen before um, performing. Yeah. It kind of was like a good icebreaker. Um, mm. As well as I kind of learnt a couple of suburbs that I could reference in my jokes. Like okay. in the crowd what, work what, video, what, what, I was talking about like, oh, you got a couple of blokes from from Redfern here, and um, <laughs> that's what like helped um, break the ice because I was trying to be like relatable. Yeah. Um. So I think they were like really good and receptive, and um, it it definitely helped bring the the mood up for the rest of my set by just getting the initial laughs out and like getting that connection with the audience mm. is it is it a younger crowd there though they were a younger <laughs> crowd yeah I, yeah i find i get quite nervous when it's a younger crowd for some reason yeah it, i'm not sure why um i mean the other day i i, I had it like a very short uh set at um where was it um uh, kinsella's uh, okay. which is near uh, Darling Point, uh, King's Cross area. Yeah. Very young crowd. And I was like, oh, I don't think this is joke is going to work. I don't think, don't think this joke is going to work. I, don't th- I think they're too young to know who, you know, the Hansons are and things like that. So you didn't, do you know who the Hansons are? No. Mbop. So I took like, yeah, yeah. I took some jokes out thinking, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. But then I realised maybe I'm, underestimating the audience maybe they maybe they do know a lot more about music and music history and things like that than i realize so yeah yeah it's i guess part of it's reading the room but part of it's also being confident in your material no matter how old the crowd is yeah. um i i sometimes do 
Like I got a couple of jokes that work better with a younger crowd. Um, mm. I think I'm the other end of the scale. If I see an older crowd, like if there's a lot of white hair in the audience, I'm like, Jesus. Um, but, but like if I just... <laughs> So I'm just laughing because that's my crowd. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like the uh, older crowd. Oh no! See, I'm 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 the guy that'll walk out and just be like, you know, like bloody hell, they left the gate open on the nursing home today. Um, <laughs> I like the baby boomers. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you got ninety percent of the housing market all in one room. Um, but. Yeah, a lot, lot of beachfront property. Like I'm, I'm trying to ad- adapt it to Sydney. I sort of be like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a lot, lot of Bondi retirement homes in this room. Um, <laughs> I don't even know Sydney that well. I don't even know if that's a, a accurate refer- reference. But um, uh, yeah, the, there's a, a few, few of the actors from RPA on this. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. I tend to find that my stuff works better with a younger crowd, but sometimes I'll just go and do it on an older crowd and it'll just do just as well because mm. um, one thing is like they might actually get the references and I've just underestimated how much they keep up to date with stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they're at a comedy a comedy gig, most of the time, like even if they are an older crowd, they they're probably more in touch with, you know, um, what's going on because they're out and about, you know, like the sort of person that won't listen to a joke and understand it probably wouldn't go out to a comedy gig. They'll probably just stay at home. Yeah, that's Mm. true. I I think that they tend to be more open-minded people Mm. if they're going to watch comedy. You have to be. And and they're probably not as thick skin either. I mean, as as thin skin. Yeah. Yeah, like physically their skin's thinner. They're more prone to bruising and accidents. But like <laughs> spiritually, <laughs> they're spiritually their their skin's thick. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've had some of the one of the best crowd work bits that I did was with an older couple that was in the front row at Smiths. Mm. Um, I've got a whole bunch of crowd work videos that I um have stored, and I just am going to slowly put them out like. Um, once a month I'll put out a different video I've probably got about five or six put aside and one of them um, I won't sort of give it away too much but the um, oh you know the listeners will have to wait for that with bated breath like someone's going to listen to this podcast and just sit there like oh I have to like refresh Marky Worthington's page every day just waiting for this crowd work video like I think that people (laughs) care Um, but um, what yeah, it's good that you, you do a lot of crowd work. I mean, I think a lot of comedians would be keen to watch it just to get some tips as well. Yeah, well, I don't do um, – <laughs> trust me, like, don't try and get advice from me. Anyone <laughs> anyone out there that's looking for advice from me <laughs> – Must just, be desperate. <laughs> just stop. Yeah, stop. Um, we got, like – you're at the end of the tether. Um, but, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like, this is the thing. Being a room runner, I'm generally fairly conscious of accidentally giving advice that might be bad because people, okay. it's their first time, maybe they'll come up to me and ask me something. And I'll be like, look, man, if I give um, you advice, if I give anyone advice, um, 
all I'm doing is telling them what I think might be funny and not what the audience might think is funny. Okay. So I always find like the best feedback is usually from the audience, not the other comedians. You can yeah. take advice from other comedians, I think, but at the end of the day, I I think that like um, it's always best to just to try it on stage and see how it goes. I reckon that's the best method to yeah. writing jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's the best feedback, and the most honest feedback you can get is from the audience in that moment when you're doing that joke. Yeah, yeah. And, and even if it's like a different, even if you don't get a good response, I've done jokes that weren't great. At um, look, I'll admit it, I've done jokes that weren't great. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, humble as well. Um. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. I think we all have yeah. some jokes that ain't great. So. Yeah. I'll just, this, this is a shout out to any comedian that's listening for advice. Sometimes you'll do jokes that aren't great. It'll happen. Um, yes. But, <laughs> it's no, a but, learning curve. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I was thinking um, with, with that, it's like you, you go to a different venue. You try the same joke and it works. So sometimes the crowd isn't always an accurate representation of every crowd. So yeah. it's really hard to tell sometimes, like you're saying, the, the age of the crowd, the references, um, and, and you'd experience as well. Um, other other countries, people like might not get a reference. I was listening to a podcast where um, they were talking about how this guy had a a uh, really good joke that it worked when he was home in America, but then when he went over to the UK, he tried the joke and it didn't work. And it was because they don't, like one of the terms in there, they call it something different. Like he said truck, but they were like, no, call it a lorry. And then as, oh. as soon as it he changed that one word, they understood what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does happen. Sometimes a, a joke you write and then all you have to do is just change one word and it just makes all the difference. So, yeah. And also, like, I find, like, just because you may not be getting loud laughter doesn't mean the joke isn't good because some people don't laugh out loud. Some people will just keep it in and just, yeah, everyone laughs really different as well. Yeah, so. just keep it in and have a stroke when they're 64. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I remember when I um, I did a gig and this, I, I didn't. Uh, there was this one girl. She just had her face down eating her meal. She didn't respond, nothing. And then after my set was over, she, she was the one that came up to me and said, "Oh my god, I loved it. I loved your, I loved your bits. I, 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 I was so funny." And I'm like, I can't. I didn't even notice that you were laughing. I didn't even think you were paying attention. I didn't say that to her, but. That's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So some people, they, they, they enjoy it, but they may not always show it. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, shout out to that person who's li like the listening to this podcast now that's followed you ever since. Um, <laughs> it's funny, you know, the, um, I, I've had a few like that. And, and someone um, pointed something out, um, which I thought was a valid point. Just because someone's not laughing doesn't mean they're not listening. Mm. Um, and sometimes to listen people uh, like listen quietly 
you know, mm. they'll listen to the bit. They might be like relating to the bit so much that they want to hear it. So they don't sort of like that they're, they're listening so intently that they're not like laughing. But yeah. then again, I'm willing to admit as well that like, hey, sometimes people are just aren't listening or not laughing when I'm doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. It just, That's true. Sometimes it, is it could just it be a terrible bit that you're doing, yeah. Maybe it's just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's. I guess that's... Um, <laughs> That's a that's a good overview of everything to come. I'm happy to um yeah, happy with that. Is there anything else that you'd like to um like to bring up aside from the upcoming gig? We'll do a plug for that in a sec. But is there any any uh, like um uh, anything that you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Mm, no, I can't think of anything. Um well, either way, if um if you do have anything, I'm sure you'll posted on social so where can anyone find you if they wanted to um find your social media um well uh instagram i'm at, at tau t cow yep and facebook um yeah i've got a comedy page called tau tongue cow excellent yep. um and i think maybe twitter as well was there a twitter uh yeah i'm on twitter but uh, it's not worth following, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't have many followers and, um, yeah, some of the things I post might be a bit too political. <laughs> I don't really post anything comedy. I don't yeah. post any comedy stuff on my Twitter page. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. So if you, want, if, you want the, um, if you want the comedy stuff, head over to Facebook and Instagram. Facebook if you Instagram, want the... Yeah. Um, if you want to know my political views on certain things, <laughs> you can go there too. Yeah, if you want. But it might be, but it might not be very popular. My political views. <laughs> if you want the saucy political stuff, then um, head on over to the t find Twitter. the Twitter. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a hidden gem. See if you can unlock <laughs> yeah. the hidden platform of Twitter. Yeah, well, it's mainly retweets than anything. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sort of tapping into Twitter a little bit just. Whenever I post to other social media, I post to Twitter as well, just so that I can sort of keep my Twitter page um, active because I understand that although we don't use it much in Australia, like it tends to be the more popular social media platform in the States. So yeah. I um, like occasionally I've had guests on the show that are, um, that have an active Twitter page, like Daniel Muggleton uses his Twitter. I've had him on the show. Um, Tom Ballard, I've had him on the show. Um, and, yeah, so I've had a couple of people that use their Twitter, so I always like to get as many shout-outs as possible. Um, and if you um, enjoyed the episode and you want to come along and watch some comedy live, head on out to the basement on the 5th of April where you'll be able to see both of us um, on, on the lineup. But... Um, I'll be doing an hour um, of the, the, the new hour, which is uh, Marmalade. So yep. how is it to hear me say your hour name, like with my, like, you know, bogan voice? <laughs> it was good. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't say it too bad. It's like, yeah, Marmalade. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for being on the show. Really, really, it was really good chatting to you and, um, I'm really looking forward to the gig on the 5th. Um, I will be doing a competition as well in the on this episode. So if anyone shares this episode, you can um, um, 
get a uh, double pass, which I'll cover for the um, for the gig. So you go into the draw to win a double pass by sharing this episode um, to come along to the gig on the 5th. Um, and yeah, that's part of what I do to help promote it. Remember, every ticket sold, you uh, potentially go in the you well, you go in the draw to win um, a fifty dollar bar tab at the basement as well. So try to uh, push as push push as much as I can when it comes to when it comes to promoting live um, comedy. So yeah, cheers again for being on, and thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you. Cheers. Don't buy me a drink. Just name names. Yeah, so yeah right. Big Tony. You'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy disk. Yeah, all day. Make people feel ashamed for shit all day. Yeah. Don't blow it. it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to keep it simple. Count your money. That they're not proud of. Just give me ten bucks. All right.